Good evening, everybody. This is uh, James Burrow from MX Vice. I'm here with uh, Lewis Phillips, editor Hello. of MX Vice. Hello. How's it going? Not too bad. How's man flu? That's great. That's great. I'm really just soldiering through. I was a standout performer for today, just getting through this. Good work. Thank you. So, uh, first thoughts on Balkans Bar. Um, what do you think? It's warm. It's dry, which is different to previous years. It's not frozen. But... Uh, no one really seems too happy with the track, oddly. Just everyone feels like it needs to be ripped deeper and there's nowhere to really pass. And Pretty standard complaints, really, that you get most places, but everyone feels like it's not as rough as previous years and it's quite hard and fast, which I guess the qualifying races kind of support that in a way because there wasn't too many people going through the pack or for dropping backwards. So it'll be interesting to see what they do prep overnight. It's almost a similar situation to Matley Basin because... Uh, there were similar complaints on Saturday night there, and then by Sunday morning, they'd watered the track loads. Lots of lines had formed, and we had a very different scenario, so time will tell, I guess. Is this the, the same kind of feedback for Matterley last week? Are they saying the same thing, that it wasn't ripped and wasn't kind of you know deep enough? Yeah, exactly the same. So I guess uh, the obvious thing they'll do is do what Matterley did and water it a load tonight, rip it a bit, and hope for the best. It was hard and fast. It was quite clear. But then, what do you expect? Like it's warm and it's hot, and we've never seen Vulcanswad like that. So maybe this is just what Vulcanswad is like in the dry, because everyone knows it's not Lommel, it's not bottomless sand. There is a base there, so I guess that base is just a bit more prominent when it hasn't been raining or snowing like last year. Is the track changed in in any parts compared to last year? Not significantly. There's two little waves out of the first turn, which seems a bit brave because that's a fast 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 first turn so now coming out of that and having to pivot and get your body positioning right etc to hit two waves is a little uh just seems like quite a task it seemed uh yesterday uh the riders were mentioning that the some of the the lines that they tried to put in they've actually put in a couple of split lanes type scenarios where inside is uh built up the outside is is kind of um flat I think that's no different to what we've seen in previous years because there's always been split lanes here. I think they've just made them a little more prominent. Like uh, as you go down the hill for the first time and then under that bridge and then back up, supposedly the inside there, that's kind of a bit of a split section, but the inside is just so much slower that no one's using it. So, And uh, what stood out for you in uh, today's practice well, in today's free practice and time practice, was there anything which you kind of looked at and thought, oh, that's strange or that's good? Or I just, it just supported the fact that Crowley's the, uh, what do you call it, the class of his class, the class of his field. That's the what that's the saying. <laughs> He's the class of the field, and uh, Prado's the class of the MX2 field. Like, that's it. We're not going to see much different, I don't think, in the coming weeks. And even with a time off, Prado is just the race winner. So um, there was a lot of uh, rumours which were going around. I know you want to speak about MXGP first, but leading up to this, um, there was a lot of mention that uh, Prado's injuries worse than it is. You know, with the t typical rumours we hear either on the internet or in the pits, I think that he answered all those questions. Well, the most bizarre thing is he just mentioned that today was his first day riding since the injury, which I fully expect that something's got lost in translation here. Because I'm pretty sure you don't take two and a half weeks off, go out in free practice, set, I think he did four laps in free practice, five, six, and set the fastest time. So I fully suspect that something got lost in translation. 
Wow. But he said today was his first day riding. And because then how do you know you can ride here? Yeah. Like it, None of it really makes any sense. But then KTM did say he was going to try and ride. So maybe that maybe that uh, wow. holds up. Um, also good to see Jeffrey Hurlins here. Briefly. I don't think he was here all day. No. I think he literally flew in for an appearance and then immediately left. Yeah. So, But it was good to see him up and about. And he was on crutches. Yeah. He was on crutches for some parts. I saw him ditch the crutches and then use them again. So he's still got a massive boot on. And uh, as we reported last week, he's going to start riding again at the end of April. So we have to wait a little while to see what he's got. Well, we know what he's got, but we have to wait a little while to see that go up against the Caroli in his current form. Cool. Uh, and let's talk about MXGP. Uh, Tony obviously came out and pretty much dominated uh, all throughout practice and obviously in... Um, the qualifi- qualifying race. Yeah, he said that his uh, shoulder and neck problem for last year, from last week, is still there, still bothering him. But like last week, it doesn't really tell at all. But then again, tracks fast, tracks hard, hard to pass, hard to gain time. He got the whole shot. So he's one of those riders where you don't actually know if he's uh, like trying really hard or just coasted. He seems to have this. Um, style which lends itself to being very relaxed the qualifying race was a little uh difficult to read in that respect because obviously we don't normally expect geyser to be up there or not up there but up there on Caroli's level in the sand and he was mirroring his times early on in the race but then Caroli kind of dropped the hammer and pulled away which is again that's just normal like that is exactly what you, if you put down what you'd expect to happen at this track in this field then that's it so i don't think this shoulder neck thing's obviously there. I don't think it's anything that's going to hinder him tomorrow. If anything, it's obviously better than last week. So, And he rode uh, in his interview last week with me. He said that he was going to wait until Wednesday to see what the doctor said about training and that. And I believe he was riding Lomore on Tuesday. So it's not like he's got lack of prep and all. At the end of the 30-minute motos, who knows what's going to happen. I just... I think, yeah, it's fair. He's probably a bit sore. It's probably a bit awkward. But it's going to be it's something as usual. Yeah, of course. Um, if say tonight the the track prep goes ahead um they 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 dig down deep they water it heavily um can you see anything changing position wise in the first two or three no (laughs) i i I honestly cannot think of a scenario where caroli loses but then again i think geyser needs help to beat caroli around here which again not shocking like he's never been the best sand rider in the world and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the wild card is Jazakonis. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and say, well, I think Jazakonis could end up beating Crowley straight up, but he is the wild card because we don't really know how his speed translates in a race yet. And I'm sure if he gets an opportunity, he will run Crowley's pace for three laps. But obviously the entire race is a different story. I remember on uh, Lomo on the Suzuki, he uh, did something similar. Like there was points in a race where his speed was unbelievable, but it was just maintaining that but is the issue but then that's going to be the issue because he's still young he's still learning he hasn't even got that much experience at this level to still even though he's bounced around from two factory teams now three teams in total he's still building himself back up and getting the hang of this thing well I think uh, like you said there, there was only a couple of riders um, today which which were actually going forward and were able to, to chase people down Jazakonis was one of them I, I believe probably lap one lap two he was in 14th uh, 12th I think he started was it 12th and he, and he came through to uh, right away up to 5th but the interesting thing was he had the fastest lap time 
Yeah, and the interesting thing is he didn't go anywhere for a long time. He just rode around in 11th, 12th for, I'd say, half a race, if not more. And then out of nowhere, set the fastest lap and was flying past riders. Like, he passed Paulin and dropped him. Like, dropped him to a point where you'd expect Hurlins to drop Paulin. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Like, yeah, I couldn't make sense of it. I've actually put this down to, I spoke to Arminus yesterday. And he was very adamant that he's been listening to the podcast show and you've got it all wrong. I don't think got it's all wrong. I've got an opinion. I have to. You have to make opinions on these shows. It's yep. what makes it interesting. You're, you're not allowed, though. Um, you're not allowed to have an opinion. Everyone lets, lets me, no, everyone lets me have an opinion in okay. these pits. But no, I've, okay, if you're going to make me defend myself, I've just said people have high expectations of them. And I think it's, I think it's not fair to have those high expectations so I think he's almost set up to fail but I did say he wouldn't finish on the podium this year bearing that in mind and I'm probably going to be eating my words tomorrow if he doesn't finish on the podium tomorrow that's a disappointment in my mind yeah that's how good I thought he was today yeah he was he was by far one of the best riders on the track I mean Crowley obviously uh we don't actually know how how much Crowley was pushing today because as we mentioned his style doesn't you know, give us any and he was the only one in the qualifying race to set a lap time in the 51s uh, the only one other than Jazakonis sorry Yeah. so that's I think that's enough to say that even well even if he wasn't pushing he's got the pace well that's ridiculous he won of course he's got the pace yeah. but he's going to be just in the same position tomorrow I mean what, what was interesting is both of their times were nearly a second quicker than the other three in the top five what is interesting is they both set them quite late now breaking news that's not meant to happen at sand races because the track is quite rough Yeah. but Karodi set his time on lap 7 and I believe actually Jazakodis set his on lap 7 as well Okay. whereas everyone else set their fastest lap which was mostly 52s for the top guys yeah. on laps 2, 3, 4 okay. but then that kind of indicates that it isn't the same frozen Vulcan Swart because like I say that would never happen because obviously with each lap that passes the track deteriorates or whatnot. so for them to be able to do that so late in the race it was only a 12 lap race so you're well over halfway at that point kind of says that it's not getting cut up and rough as usual Van Horbeek put in another great performance today yeah I'm eating my words again aren't I yeah it's not looking too good for you at the moment I mean, no it turns out that I'm just wrong in life like Van Jesus Horbeek. Christ yeah like I uh, I'm, I'm just wrong like Van Horbeek is just solid He's never been, well, 2014, he was just solid, but that was a long time ago now. I don't know what's going on. He just rides around and is solid. Like, he doesn't look flashy, he doesn't look amazing, but he's just picking off guys and seems to always end between third and fifth. Now, it is still early, and I said it wouldn't, it would be tough to do this consistently. We're only a two and a half rounds in, so. Yeah, but he definitely has a fire in his belly and he's, a point to prove. Exactly. We're only two and a half rounds in, and I think he's still riding that wave of. Look at me, I'm a privateer, I'm going to prove you all wrong. I think he's still got that wave. Yeah. So I guess the question is whether that wave carries him through to uh, the end of a season. Now one rider who looked very good today was um, uh, Max Anstey. He looked in control, he looked fast, um, he was able to reel riders in. Um, are, are you kind of seeing a, a podium for Max tomorrow? I was actually a little surprised that he... Um, but he didn't run Van Horbeek down. Because I think Van Horbeek and Sewer were battling for third early on, and Max was kind of lurking in fifth and closing in quite quickly. So I expected him to make have more of, of an impact on the race at the front than he did. But then, again, there's obviously things that go into that. 
and whatever like he probably didn't feel the need to and when points are on the line it's completely different but I'd like to say he's going to be on the podium tomorrow but I'd also say the same about Caroli, Geyser, Paulin, Van Horbeck and Jazakonis so what do you do with that like only three of them can get on the podium uh, Jeremy Sewer, um great start to the race and um, looked really really fast in some parts but then sort of seemed to come off pace and, and dropped back a little bit do you expect him to start well again tomorrow? Oh, I'm a believer. I'm very excited about Jeremy Sewer. Like, he is still struggling. That lung infection in the off-season. Uh, he only got on the bike three weeks before Argentina, so he's obviously behind on testing, prep, all of that. And that was even, uh, especially evident in the sand, where obviously it's a bit more taxing on the body. But the speed that he showed at Matali and now here on the early laps, he's much improved over last year, which is crazy because he didn't have the off-season prep. But I'm honestly very excited to see what he can do when he's healthy. It's not like I think he's going to win or anything, but I think he'll be another name who's like quite exciting to watch him progress because I feel like there's a lot to give there. So one, one rider that quietly went about his business, um, you know, it, it, under the radar today was uh, Clement DeSalle. Again, it, it was nothing to, um, you know, it wasn't nothing to kind of get excited about, but he was there or thereabouts. I believe he's still struggling with that swollen hand from last week as well, so hence his lacklustre practice times and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I was actually quite impressed to see him that high up in uh, qualifying based on how practice went. And sand obviously isn't his bag at all. So I don't think he's on the podium for tomorrow. I don't think he's in top five. But two top tens is kind of adequate. Now, uh, behind Koldenhoff and the Cell. Um, Monticelli, there was a group of riders which were all fighting for uh, I think it was around about sort of, I don't know if you've seen, but from literally 10th to 17th um, the riders throughout the race were kind of all bunched up together by the end of the race we, I think Jonas was stuck in the middle of that, I think um, Leoc seemed to be pushing through, he, I mean he finished in 17th but Simpson was caught up in that, he was kind of leading it um, along with kind of Libra and Boger, so are we expecting some close racing tomorrow from all these guys who are kind of running the same sort of pace? Mm, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Monticelli can be a bit of a roadblock at times. That happens. Okay. I think that happened a few times in that qualifying race. I think Monticelli started quite far up there, and as he dropped back, you kind of see. But he's got the speed. Like speed's amazing. Like compared to last year, improvements unbelievable. But you do see guys struggle to get past him and he kind of impacts the race in the fact that one guy will get past him, pull away whilst the guy, the other guy is desperately trying to also break through. So, and also another note, uh, supposedly, I didn't see it, but I've heard that Simpson had a big crash in free practice over the big step down uh, heading into the final turn. Supposedly it was massive and his bike ended up quite far away from him. So, I don't know if that affected him today. I haven't spoken to him. I just heard about the crash. So Okay. But obviously he's fine because that's free practice and he went back out in time practice and the qualifying race. So, And we've spoken a little bit about Brian Bogers and what was the expectation of this year and back on the bike and having a good pre-season and stuff. But he did look a lot more aggressive today. Well, it's time for Brian. I gave him, nice guy me, I gave him a lovely little pass from the first two rounds because I'm nice, I'm thoughtful and I've decided to take everything into account and realise that he's going to need time. But this is his place. So if he doesn't do something, and I'm talking... What is a something? Is a something a 12th? Is a something a 15th? I would consider a 14-14 an improvement. 
Okay. That isn't That's good. That's a solid day. That isn't good, but it's no. an improvement, which yeah. gives you an idea of where he's been. But he was third in time practice briefly, and he was tenth in the end. So that's that is sh- uh, that's he's showing signs. Yeah, of there's there are signs there. The sad thing is, no matter what he does tomorrow, chances are he probably is going to go back to the cusp of the top twenty when we get to Trentino next week. So, but time will tell. And I do genuinely think he, out of everyone in this class, he's the one who needs something tomorrow like he just needs something to go his way and to prove a point because I'd imagine that there's a lot of uh, weight on his shoulders at the moment and probably not from the team because they obviously get it but I'm sure he's putting a lot of pressure on himself contract year he's got the best he's on the best team best bike in the class or at least one of obviously you can argue that one to death but HRC have the structure and can give him everything he needs so who knows I guess but he just needs to do something tomorrow yeah um I mean, looking at riders which have fared quite well in um, the opening few rounds, like Lupino, they seem to struggle today. Are you expecting um, anything from... I mean, we've got Tommy didn't have a, have the best of, of days today. We've got uh, Brylyakov, who's back after, I think, what was it, nearly a year out? Uh, May the 4th weekend was when he did his ACL last year, so 11 months. And then Anton Go after his last uh, ride, Petrov, <laughs> Krestinov, uh, we've got Van Burkle. Um, it, Kulis was up there it, it, it parts of today, but I think he, he it might have been a bike problem what prevented him from finishing. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it looked like he was trying to fix a bike on the side of the track. He was fucking around with it, so I don't know if it was chain or gear lever was stuck or anything like that but he he'll be better tomorrow and probably going to surprise a few people mx manager players out there he's probably one to pick he's two hundred thousand, i think maybe even 150 either way he's one to watch out for but uh brylikov was better than his results showed he was not up there like 12th but he was at least in the point or in the top 20 yeah so he should be a little more in the mix tomorrow and tommy i don't know if tommy crashed on the first lap or just got a terrible start but i think the first time I saw him, he was 28th. And I was actually quite impressed with the way he was riding. Like, we know Sand's not his strong point and never really shined here. Although there was that one race, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, where he was on Dixon and he ran out of fuel on the last lap. So he has had some good races here. But, um, yeah, I was quite impressed with how he was riding. Like, he's quite creative with his lines, kind of go putting the bike wherever he wanted it, like getting out of the race line, squaring people off. So... I think he could be uh, top 10 tomorrow. His practice time said as much. So um, we don't, we've not really learned anything today, have we? It was very much uh, uh, a race which kind of just ended and people finished where we expected them to finish. Yeah, it just met expectations. So, And I, I do think tomorrow will be similar. I think one of my biggest question marks from MXGP today is Paulin because he's been great here in the past. and He's actually due because he won 2015, missed a year, won 2017, missed a year. And so it's time and he also won here his first race the first time he raced a Honda here he won first time he raced a Husqvarna here he won and this is his first time here on a Yamaha so technically if you want to go by stats and averages tomorrow's his day but I don't know he just looked a bit off all day like he's uh, sixth in free practice fifth in time practice and then sixth in the qualifying race but I just never really saw that spark maybe that was uh, intensified by the fact that I just saw Jalsakonis drop him but I still expected one thing I did a little see more. Um, in pit lane actually was it looked like they were um, making some changes to his front forks and suspension 
and it looked like they were adjusting the triple clamps. I don't know whether there was a suspension issue or I don't know whether um, the settings weren't quite right for what he wanted. Maybe a lot of these riders just got thrown out by the actual track conditions. I think so, because obviously you come to a track like Volkswagen or somewhere that's been on the schedule for a long time and you have a notebook full of settings and suspension set up, obviously not so much for Pauling because he's never ridden a Yamaha here, but he at least have a, has an idea of where he wants to go with things. And obviously, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be this hard. But that is actually a good point. Like These guys on new teams, we have to remember that they are going to learn when they get to these races. So Saturday is almost a write-off for them. So maybe tomorrow will be better. I'm sure there are going to be changes made overnight because he expects more, and I'm sure the team do too. But today was by no means a bad day. I just think he has the potential to achieve a lot more. Okay. So going from our midweek uh, predictions... Are you sticking the same, or do you think um, you're going to change it up? I don't have a clue what I predicted midweek. I th you definitely went with Caroli for the win. I think I went Caroli. I think I remember leaving Geyser off for podium. We did. I think we both did. I think we said Geyser fourth. I think he, I might have said... He looked great today. I think I might have said Caroli, Paulin, Max. Yeah, I think Sounds did. like a crazy yeah. prediction. What was yeah. I, well, I, was Ill, I was just as ill on Wednesday, yeah. so I was obviously off my head. But no, yeah, Caroli, Geyser, and then Eva, Jazakonis, Paulin, or Max. Okay. I think purely because he's been there before and he's done it, and I think I'd go with Paulin just because he's got that experience. Obviously, Jazakonis has only been on the podium once, so I feel like in a race situation, he'll just get it done. What about Van Horbeek? You're not seeing Van Horbeek on the podium? Oh, yeah. Shit. Should, probably should have mentioned him. <laughs> uh, no, Van Horbeek would just be fifth overall like he was on Matley. One thing I was going to ask you is um, we've seen Van Horbeek in the, the, the previous two races get, get good starts. What happens when Van Horbeek gets a 15th off a start? Do you think he's going to come forward? Oh, oh, I think it was Matley. I just saw him get a terrible start. Like, he got pinched off really bad, but somehow he came out okay. Like, he just seems to have this ability to just make things happen. Like in the first corner or whatever, but no, I don't think he. Well, actually, I don't know. Like, if he starts tenth, he probably is going to go to fifth. Okay, that's to be expected, I think. Okay, but I don't think it's going to be like Jazakonis was today. And if he starts tenth, eleventh, twelfth, he's going to just be like dropping people, and it's going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe what I'm seeing. So, uh, so MX2, uh, we were kind of afraid of this going in that um, Prado would just come in and. Uh, look invincible and it's happened yeah looks like that fun we had at Matterley's over because uh, I honestly don't see how he's going to lose tomorrow now I was sceptical because he did less lap he did uh, the least laps of any MX2 rider in free practice and then the same in time practice so although he could set the speed for one lap I kind of thought that he had a inkling that he wouldn't be able to go to pace for a full moto but I was watching his lap times closely in the qualifying race and they weren't really dipping at all he just had things under control and he didn't look fatigued after the race or anything like that so 1-1 one, one for Prado tomorrow but tomorrow we've got a longer race it's going to get um, obviously more uh, rougher throughout the day do you think that's going to have any impact we've seen that on the last lap he dropped two, two seconds which doesn't mean too much because he probably eased off but can you see anybody beating him 1-1 one, one tomorrow that was a weird voice. 1-1 one, one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 1-1 one, one tomorrow. Okay. I look forward to seeing him on the top step of the podium. Right. Um, and obviously we just spoke about it, but Olsen. 
uh, Olsen took two seconds off the last lap. He looked fast. I mean, he come through from, I think he's probably, what, sixth in the first first uh, first lap? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I was not overly exactly impressed. Really? Big Gertz was sticking with him. Yeah, but Gertz... He's too. He he's been. Yeah, but Gert been, shouldn't be on that level. Like Olsen should be quite a bit faster. Like Olsen's good in these conditions. The hard base that we had today, no riders have mentioned it to me. But from what I could see and from what I've heard, I'd imagine this is quite close to Latvia, which is okay. where he's had a lot of success. So, um, I've just. Do you want to try to not what, cough? Do you think you should just lie down and uh, maybe take some time out? I can yeah. take over tomorrow so if you want me to. I I genuinely like. I feel like. Again, I sound terrible because he finished second. But I just feel like he should have dropped Gertz and dropped those other riders. But then in that case, if he'd done that, he would have been right with Prado. And I don't expect that either. So rather, in that, if you look at it in that sense, and maybe I was disappointed with Prado as well, but that obviously wasn't the case. So maybe I do look at it, rather than being disappointed with Olsen or disappointed with Prado, I look at it as I was more surprised at just how good riders like Gertz were. Because they were fully in the mix. And Gertz moved forward as well. Like you give credit Olsen for moving forward. Gertz did exactly the same. Yeah. I, Maybe I, even, I think Gertz actually moved further forward than Olsen. They had more work to do, so and he's been nowhere through the first couple of rounds. Matley was good, but the results didn't show it. So for him to actually it was just a qualifying race, but for him to get a result on the board. I th I think second to fifth tomorrow is gonna be really exciting within that class because you had Puches who, who got a great start for once and he looked fast at her. It looked like Puches got a little bit winded towards the end, but oh, I wouldn't even want to have a guess at the last time it, that it was that he ran up front. So I imagine the situation caught up to him a little bit, but no matter what happened, like that was an amazing ride. And uh, um, Henry Jacoby as well. He, he looked really good out there and I think he had a couple of little, what, what do we say, incidents. He nailed Dylan Walsh. On a, is it a city jump? The f basically, the first jump on the track. I didn't see it. Uh, TV caught it apparently, but supposedly Walsh made a mistake on a takeoff and kind of didn't jump as far as anyone else, and just got landed on slash landed into by Jacoby. A lot of people are blaming Sterry. Like everyone was telling me it was Sterry that landed on him, so I went up to Sterry and was like, "What? What the hell were you doing?" And he was like, "Oh no, it was Henry. Everyone thinks it was me." So, wow. Just gonna clear the record. It was her. It wasn't Adam. So, <laughs> leave Adam alone. But yeah, Walsh. Apparently, I don't know what I don't know what the situation was is with Walsh, but supposedly it was gnarly, and supposedly it took him a while to get up. So he definitely didn't rejoin the race. No, so I, I wouldn't. I I know nothing more than what I've just said, but based on what I know, I wouldn't expect him to line up tomorrow. Okay, uh, you think he's probably going to take uh, a little bit of a timeout or a rest? Uh, well, I guess it depends on like I have no clue. He could be injured. He could not. But supposedly it was gnarly. I hope for the best because he's exciting and he's the. He's one of those personalities, styles, all of that that this class needs. So, so there were a couple of um, riders who we, you know, I, I guess I don't, I, I didn't <laughs> expect um, to be out there. Uh, one was Van Donnick and the other one was Re Renault. I'm happy for Van Donnick because he's had a rough road the last few years from where he was. Can't forget that his last podium actually came at this track in 20, what was that, 2016 or 2017? One of the two. 2016. 17 maybe but uh, yeah his last podium came at this track and he actually injured his knee at Matterley and wasn't sure if he was even going to race here but gave it a go midweek and decided to come and even in time practice free practice his times were good and that's a good uh, that's a big plus for the Asamoto team as well because they've had a rough start to the year their ringer uh, Poshwami 
Bwarami. Bwarami. That one, that guy, Bwarami. Um, he hasn't really shined or done much, so they need a little boost, and I feel like Van Donnick gave him that today. And these are difficult conditions, so anyone who's questioning that bike or that team, like, clearly is capable, because he's got the yeah, speed round here. Now, two riders which uh, we seen today um, at, literally go down in the first corner was Calvin Vlanderen and um, Mitch Evans. Uh, Calvin came through really, really well. Literally, yeah, he was much further. He, he was way, like, they both, Evans and him, crashed together. Evans got up and got, got going, and Vlanderen was sat there for another 20 seconds. Like, a long time. I didn't think he was going to bother continuing sat far back but clearly it was worth it yeah I mean he's come through the 14th I spoke to him in the pit lane and uh, he seemed to be okay he seemed to be one piece and he just said uh, I've just done the best which uh, you know I could do so he, it was great to see him come back two two riders um, the two Brits which, which are Watson and Sterry didn't have the best of days so Watson and Sterry were following each other and then off TV cameras and out of my sight they both disappeared and Obviously, you then jump to the fact that they obviously crashed together. Turns out that wasn't the case. Basically, Watson crashed in a left-hander, and then Sterry crashed in the following right-hander. So, wow. Yeah. But, uh, just little tip-overs, but, of like, uh, common sense kind of dictates that they would have crashed together, or someone went for a block pass that went wrong, but it was nothing like that. They just crashed completely separate. Both of them just need to get out of the gate, I feel. Well, interesting. Um, Ben's lap time was 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 on par with fourth place. Yeah, Ben's fast. Like breaking news here, Ben's fast. Ben was a f again. I feel like I say this every f every week. Ben was the fastest rider on track at certain points. Okay, and Tom Vial is the first time we've got to see him really in sand in MX2. I knew is that he, what uh, you expected? I knew he had potential in the sand based on Mantova because that was really good. Uh, obviously, Mantova being the preseason race in Italy, but. Uh, his free practice time and his time practice time scared the shit out of me. Like, I was like, oh, this isn't good. Like, clearly Mantova was a one-off. But he uh, he ran the pace in qualifying, started, I think he started around fifth and didn't look out of place at all. Obviously, he was slightly below where we've come to expect him. But if he can finish at seventh, eighth, ninth tomorrow, then I think that's fine. Again, that's still above expectations for what Red Bull KTM had for him because they just wanted to find a way to get him in the top ten. Instead, they've got themselves a podium contender. And one thing I wanted to ask you, actually, was uh, is was Baz Vassen's uh, eighth position today? Was that is that the best he's ever finished in in uh, a qualifying race? Are you baiting me to talk about Baz Vassen's race, or did you not? Do you not know what happened to Baz Vassen? No. Baz Vassen, I've been saying it. I've been saying there's potential there, and there are certain MXGP riders who agree with me. So we are all just driving this Bass Vassen train waiting for something to happen uh, he was running 7th or 8th something along those lines uh, crashed made a mistake something like that dropped back to around 14th and then went back to 8th so he looked really fast like he could be really good tomorrow with a start and he kind of looked a little loose a little just what we've been what we've all been waiting for here in the Bass Vassen train so good things could happen tomorrow way beyond this 8th place so one thing which uh, I did want to get your uh thought process uh, not full process but your uh, your thoughts on was Albi Forato who swept uh, Matty Beeson last week with a 1-1 and we see him today in MX2 I guess it's just a is it a one-off ride I mean we don't know um, but he didn't look out of place out there 
I didn't even know he was going to be here until last night. And I'm, I'm guessing it was kind of a last minute deal. And being Italian, I don't think he's exactly known for his sand skills. So he way exceeded my expectations today. And I actually wonder, I can't believe I'm saying this because even last year it would have been ludicrous to think. But I wonder if some MX2 teams are looking at him. But there are obviously things that go against him where Pete, you look at him and people are probably like, I don't really want him on my team. Certain things that probably go against him, especially in a 250 class, if you catch my drift. Um, because he is a big guy. Yes. <laughs> he is a big guy. But Unless he's proven that, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. He, he's actually, he's got the speed. I just say it's interesting because he, he, uh, he came up through the Honda program, if people don't know. Like he did EMX 150, did EMX 250 with Asamosa up until this year. So they were, I wouldn't say they're grooming him, but he followed that ladder a little bit, that ladder of progression. And, uh, yeah, somehow he's made huge improvements in the off-season. Okay. Um, Darian, 18th today. Are we expecting any more from Darian, or again, are we just, you just kind of see him as getting through? 18th is, I think, above where anyone would expect, because obviously, again, Sand, not exactly his uh, strong suit. Uh, he's struggling with the after effects of Epstein Bar. So, with Sand being even more power sapping than a track like Matterley, you'd think it would affect him more. And I fully expect that he didn't even ride Sand leading up to this race. I think 18th is a fine result. And he actually looked pretty solid out there. Like, he didn't look like his times were, uh, were uh, fluctuating too much. So, uh, that kind of impresses me. The same thing happened at Matterley. Like, he managed to kind of find a level and stick to it, which supposedly is the hardest thing to well supposedly obviously is the hardest thing to do when he's battling fatigue and whatnot one of the uh <laughs> in our midweek guest last week comrade muse we uh well i think i tipped him for a podium but it just didn't seem to work out for comrade today starts start 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 i uh, watched him going to first turn he got pinched off unbelievably was pretty much dead last going into the first turn and uh, yeah, that was all she wrote. I'm not sure if he made another mistake towards the end because I thought I saw him a little further up. So I'm not sure if he made another mistake and dropped back. But either way, the reason for his result was his start. Like, that was that. His speed is good, though. Actually, worth uh, mentioning, he was third in free practice this morning. But uh, he went, he was third in free practice. And then on the second to, basically like two minutes to go in the session, he set the fastest time in sector one of a session, the fastest time of, in sector two of a session, and the session best time in sector three as well, all purples. So I was watching him, waiting for him to come over the line, thinking, oh, is he going to go a second faster than anyone else? And he rolled around the last corner with his hand in the air and rolled the finish jump and then pulled into pit lane. And that was all she wrote. So the results say third, but if you were following MX Vice Twitter and you know what was going on, he probably was going to be the fastest in that session. No, actually, he was definitely going to be the fastest in that session. So, speed's good around here. He's always been good in the sand. He won, uh, obviously, his only EMX 250 race ever was uh, Vulcan Suard in 2016. So, yeah, he's good around here. Just needs a start, but I don't know what, you got, what he needs to do to get a start because it seems to be impossible at the moment. Okay, so one uh, interesting name which we spoke about earlier in, uh, in Pit Lane was uh, uh, Revo Dankers. Um, he's appeared, yeah, he's just appeared out of nowhere in MX2. I mean, we've seen him come through, I think, 65, 85, 125. Yeah, he's always been tipped a little bit. I think he's had injuries recently, which kind of killed the hype a bit. But, yeah, I didn't see him. I just literally saw his name pop up in free practice and was like, what the hell? And he finished 23rd in the uh, in the qualifying race, which for his first MX2 race, 
is, is not bad. Just gives you a nice little bit of insight into what the next generation are doing and how their speed stacks up. Like, because he will be there in two, three years. So, and the first time is it we've seen forty on the line in MX two? I think there were forty on the line in MX two last weekend. Okay. Think, or at least they started with forty, something like that. But entries are strong. We've talked about it on the podcast. There's actually queues to enter these events. Obviously, the way it works is, say, a rider like Herlins. If he's on the entry list, he obviously has a spot reserved. But then if he's injured and he doesn't pull his name off the entry list, there's a queue of riders who uh, are waiting to get that spot. So, But, obviously, I'm using Hurlins as an example of an injured rider. But, yeah, I suppose that entries are strong this year, supposedly. I don't know what's changed, but there are queues of riders to get into both MXGP and MX2. WMX had a full lineup, and there were 100 riders in the MX125. So. Yeah, well, 98. There are a lot of bikes at this track. Um. So let's look at MX2 predictions. I'm going to go first uh, on this one. I'm going to do the obvious and say Prado for the win. I'm going to go Olsen second, and I think I'm going to go with Gertz. I was going to do the same. I could see Prado going 1-1. One, one. I could see Olsen going 2-3, and I could see Gertz going 5-2. I want to put Blandwin in that mix. I want to put Watson in that mix. I want to put Jacoby in that mix. I want to put Muse in that mix if he gets a start, which who knows. I want to put Steri in that mix. All of those riders are fast enough, and I'm probably missing a name. But, yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of riders, basically, who are going to be expecting a podium tomorrow and go home disappointed. Cool. Um, I think we're about done. MXGP predictions? We've done MXGP. No, we haven't. We talked about our predictions midweek, but we didn't change them or anything. Did we not? No. Okay. All right, then. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to have to go with Crowley. But I'm going to change my midweek prediction because I think Geyser looked good out there today. So I'm going to go with Geyser second. And I'm going to go Van Horby third. I'll go Crowley 1-1, one, one, Geyser 2-2. Two, two, and Paul in 6-3. Narrowly be beating out Jazakonis with his free seven. Wow. And there we have it. That's detailed for you, isn't it? So uh, make sure you get your MX manager teams in tonight on MX Vice at mxvice.com forward slash MX hyphen manager. I will be online all night on uh, MX Vice Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So if you want any, um, want to know anything more about qualifying or know anything about MX manager picks or got a problem with your account or forgotten your password, anything like that, just uh, tweet us, message us, comment on Instagram and I will get to you. He probably won't because he'll be in a strip club. But thank you for... I'll message. be there. Okay. Well, at a strip club. I wish we could play us out with that I'll be there song now. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not singing. Neither am I, but okay. I wanted to. <laughs> it would have been funny, but I'm not willing to go that far for comedy value. Brilliant. Well, that's uh, us wrapped up and we'll talk to you midweek. See you tomorrow, everyone. Bye.